Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Of the great commentary of Cornelius Elipedi, St. Matthew's Gospel, by Cornelius Elipedi. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. 1. The genealogy of Christ from Abraham to Joseph. 18. He was conceived by the Holy Ghost and born of the Virgin Mary, when she was espoused to Joseph. 19. The angel satisfieth the misdemeaning thoughts of Joseph, and interprets the names of Christ. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren, and Judas begat Pharaz, and Zerah, and Tamar, and Pharaz begat Esram, and Esram begat Aram, and Aram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Naasson, and Naasson begat Solomon, and Solomon begat Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias, and Solomon begat Robam, and Robam begat Abiah, and Abiah begat Asa, and Asa begat Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat begat Joram, and Joram begat Ozias, and Ozias begat Jotham, and Joatham begat Achaz, and Achaz begat Ezekias, and Ezekias begat Manassas, and Manassas begat Ammon, and Ammon begat Josias, and Josias begat Jeconias and his brothers. About the time that they were carried away to Babylon, and after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconias begat Selathiel, and Selathiel begat Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begat Abiud, and Abiud begat Eliakim, and Eliakim begat Azor, and Azor begat Sadok, and Sadok begat Akum, and Akum begat Eliud, and Eliud begat Eleazar, and Eleazar begat Matathan, and Matathan begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are fourteen generations, and from David until the carrying away into Babylon are fourteen generations, and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are fourteen generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. And while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. The Book of the Generation Thus it is verbally in Greek, Latin, Syrian, Arabic, Egyptian, Persian texts.
but the Ethiopian has the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Matthew here seems to imitate Moses. Listen to what blessed Peter Damien says in his sermon on St. Matthew. As Moses is not improperly placed before the prophets and all who have written anything in the Old Testament, so Matthew rightly takes precedence of all who are found to have written in the New Testament. For Moses compiled an account of the origin of the world. So has Matthew described the rising newness of the church, as it were, of a spiritual world. Hence it has been provided that the Holy Spirit guiding the pen, both Moses and St. Matthew, placed the same commencement to their respective works, saying the book of the generation. So far, Damien, now Moses, in Genesis 5.1, thus begins the account of the genealogy and race of Adam, and first formed man, the book of the generation of Adam. For Adam was a type of Christ. For as Adam was the father of the mortal life of all men, so is Christ the father of the immortal life of the faithful. As St. Paul teaches in Romans 5.14 and 1 Corinthians 15.47, the Hebrew is Sefer Toldoth, i.e. the book or catalog and enumeration of the generations of Adam. For in the fifth of Genesis, many, indeed all of the generations, are given by which the human race was propagated from Adam to Noah and the flood. Whence it is probable that St. Matthew, who alludes to Moses, wrote likewise in Hebrew, in this passage, Sefer toldeth, i.e. the book of the generations, in the plural. The Septuagint, whoever, in Genesis 5, have translated Viblios genios, the book of the generation, in the singular, because the generation of Adam was one, by which he, as it were, the patriarch of the whole human race, begat Seth, which generation was afterwards continued by Seth in his posterity, and was propagated as far as Noah. The Greek interpreter of St. Matthew and the Latin Vulgate, which was translated from the Greek, here followed the Septuagint, because properly there is related the generation of Christ alone, whose origin indeed is derived from Abraham, through many generations of forefathers, and is brought down to Christ. And therefore Adam was the beginning or origin of the old world. So is Christ of the new and better world. Whence he is called by Isaiah, the father of the coming age. Hence also Virgil, following the Cumenian Sibyl, sings thus concerning him. Ecologue 4. Now the last age of human verses is come. Afresh the great cycle of ages begins. Returneth the virgin, Saturnian kingdoms return. The heavenly offspring descends from on high. And adds, Dear increase of God, true offspring of Job, begin, boy, by smiles thy mother to know. It is plain that these things were spoken by Sybil concerning Christ, but Virgil, either through ignorance or flattery, has transferred them to Polio, the son of Asinius Polio, the Roman consul. Note first, book here is the same as catalog, or enumeration, or description, whence the Syriac translation kitabo, i.e. description or writing, for this is the exact meaning of the Hebrew sefer, to which the Greek biblios and Latin liber correspond. In a like sense, the paper in which was recorded the putting away of a wife by her husband was called a book of divorcement. So the book of the righteous is the catalog 
in which the names and acts of the righteous are recorded. The book of life is the catalog of the elect, who are written in the mind of God as in a book. Cicero called a catalog of names a book of names. Note second the word generation. First and most evidently, it is the same as the race or genealogy of Christ. Second, the generation of Christ is the conception and birth of Christ. See verse 18. The birth, genesis, of Jesus Christ was on this wise. Third, as Maldonatus observes, the generation of Christ is the life of Christ. For Matthew in the Gospel relates the history of the whole course of the life of Christ. Fourthly, the Hebrew toldoth properly signifies generations, many of which intervened between Adam and Christ. The steps in Jacob's ladder above which God stood represented these generations, those steps I mean by which the angels ascended from earth to heaven. For as this ladder joined, as it were, earth to heaven, and Jacob to God, so this series of generations united all the patriarchs to Christ, who was made flesh, and so united all men to himself and to God. Son of David, i.e. descendant of David, for the Hebrews call all male lineal descendants sons. The evangelist places David first, then Abraham, first because David was the nearer to Christ, and through him Christ reaches to Abraham, second because thus, in a more compendious manner, without repetition, Christ's genealogy is stated. He wished to impress this fact that Christ was descended from Abraham through David. So St. Jerome, thirdly, and chiefly, because the promise of God made to David concerning Christ was about to be born of his posterity, was the later, more special, and more glorious promise, as St. Chrysostom, Theophilus, Euthymius teach. Hence, the Jews constantly called their Messiah the Son of David. Hence, on Palm Sunday, when Christ entered into Jerusalem, they hailed him as Messiah, Hosanna to the Son of David, i.e., O Lord, save our Messiah. Speaking of him as David's son and heir, Lastly, by the title, Son of David, the nobility of the race from whence Messiah sprung is hinted at, as also his kingdom, viz. that he too should be a king, as being the Son of David, a king, according to that divine voice of the archangel Gabriel to the Blessed Virgin, he shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Luke one thirty one. For this reason the prophets everywhere speak of Christ as David's son and heir. Isaiah 9, Leviticus 3, Jeremiah 25, Ezekiel 34, Amos 9. The first promise which was made to David concerning Christ, that he should spring from him and reign forever, is found in Second Samuel 7.12. The same was confirmed in Psalms 89 and 132, and repeated to Solomon David's son, 1 Kings 9. When, therefore, St. Matthew says, Jesus Christ, the son of David, he means that all these promises were now fulfilled in Christ. Son of Abraham. The word son here may be referred either to David or to Christ, for David, as well as Christ, was a son, i.e., a descendant of Abraham. 
It signifies, therefore, that Christ, through David his father, was also the son of Abraham, who was the father of them that believe, and of the ancient church. The first express promise concerning Christ was made to him. Genesis 22.18 From now the birth of Abraham to the birth of Christ, there were two thousand years. From the death of David to Christ, one thousand thirteen years. So great was the antiquity of the oracles and promises of God concerning Christ. So constant and sure was God's faithfulness in fulfilling them. And this is why St. Matthew so carefully derives the genealogy of Christ from Abraham, even through forty-two generations, in order that he might show the Jews that Jesus Christ was the true Messiah promised to Abraham, and that he was the son of Abraham and the rest of the patriarchs, and that he might, therefore, as such, be received, cherished, and worshipped by the Jews. Verse 2. Abraham begot Isaac. These two, with those who came after them, were the first patriarchs, the founders of the synagogue and the people of God, and of the kingdom of Christ. They, as types, foreshadowed him. See comment in Genesis where I have unfolded their genealogies. I will not here repeat what has been said. God constantly calls himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and even makes a boast, so to say, of this title. Wherefore, he chose the posterity of Abraham, descending through Isaac and Jacob, for his own family and church, and gave them the sign and pledge of circumcision. Wherefore, God changed Abraham's name from Abram, i.e. a high father, to Abraham, that is to say, Abrahamam, or the father of a great multitude, viz. of the believing people, that should be born of him according to the flesh. In like manner as of Christ, both Jews and Gentiles who believe in him are born according to the Spirit. Now Isaac, i.e. laughter, about to be offered up by his father on Mount Moriah, clearly represented Christ, who was crucified on the same mount, and brought salvation and joy to the whole world. Verse 3. Judah beget Pharaz, and Zarah of Tamar. Observe here that in the genealogy of Christ, with the exception of his blessed mother, only four females are made mention of, three of them harlots, Tamar, Rahab, and Bathsheba, and the fourth a Gentile, Ruth the Moabitess. Rahab, too, was a Gentile, being an inhabitant of Jericho. If the reason of all this be asked, Saints Jerome, Chrysostom, Ambrose answer that it was so because... Christ would signify that he who came for the abolishing and putting away of sins wished to be born of sinners. This reason is true, but allegorical. The literal and simple reason is that these women were united to their husbands, not in the ordinary way, but after a new and extraordinary manner, and so they became types of the Church of Christ, which, when the Jews were rejected, was gathered out of the Gentiles by a new vocation, and after a new manner. Tamar, because Shelah was denied her in marriage, or rather because her union with him was deferred, using deceit, prostituted herself to Judah. Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, was united to David, first by adultery, then in marriage. Rahab married Solomon, because she hospitably received and protected the Hebrew spies who were sent by Joshua to Jericho, 
and so she became of the same faith and religion. Ruth married Boaz when she passed with her mother-in-law, Naomi, from Moab into Judea. The tropological sense is to show us the vanity of pride of birth, and that true nobility consists not in ancestry, but in our own good disposition and virtues. Thus St. Chrysostom, Wherefore, let no one be ashamed of his birth, nor even of vile and wicked ancestors. But let us say with Cicero, I have outshone my forefathers in virtue. There can be no doubt that there are in the ancestry of the most exalted persons, for inasmuch as they are sprung from Adam, many ignoble, worthless, wicked, and infamous persons. Plato, according to Seneca, is of the opinion that all kings are descended from servants, and that all servants are sprung from kings, and that there is no king who has been entirely free from the plow, and no plowman who has been not mixed up with kings. Lastly, Solomon, amongst the other vanities and uncertainties of this world, reckons this, Out of prison one cometh to reign, whereas also he that is born in his kingdom becometh poor. Ecclesiastes 4.14 Aminadab He was a prince of the tribe of Judah when the Israelites came out of Egypt, who, when the rest stood still, fearing to go into the Red Sea, although God had made dry ground through the midst of it, courageously entered into it and brought his own tribe safely through, and then the other princes and tribes followed. This is a Hebrew tradition. To this alludes the verse Canticle 6.12, My soul made me like the chariots of Aminadab. His son Naasson succeeded him in the headship of the tribe. Jesse, or according to a different punctuation of the Hebrew, Isa, the name itself prefigured Jesus Christ, who was to be born of him. For Jesse and Jesus are the same word, if we consider the root of both, which is found in Hebrew, Ieska, i.e. to save of her which had been wife of Urias. After Urias' death, David married his wife, and of her begat Solomon, for Solomon was not born of adultery, but in wedlock. In this passage, it is intimated that God did not recall the promises which he had made to David on account of his adultery with Bathsheba, but on their repentance he confirmed his promises, whence from Bathsheba and her son Solomon Christ was descended. In truth, Bathsheba herself became a saintly penitent and brought up Solomon her son in a holy manner. Yea, she became illustrious for the spirit of prophecy, as I have shown in Proverbs 31.1, on the words, the words of Lemuel the king, the vision which his mother taught him, Vulgate. Now Jerome begat Uzziah, not directly, but with three generations intervening. For Joram was really the father of Ahaziah, and Ahaziah of Joash, and Joash of Amaziah, Amaziah of Azariah, or Uzziah, for he had both names. It is asked why St. Matthew here omits these three links in the genealogy. St. Jerome answers, because the evangelist wished to form three exact series of fourteen generations each on which see verse 14. But because Jehoram had allied himself to the most wicked Jezebel and to Ahab, in taking Ahab's sister, the impious Alethiel, to wife, 
for God had sworn that, on account of Ahab's impiety and adultery, he would blot out all his posterity. 1 Kings 21.21 Posterity in Scripture is reckoned to the fourth generation. Here, then, it is blotted out, for as much as it is omitted and obliterated by St. Matthew. Thus St. Hilary, St. Thomas, Jansen, etc. Gaspar Sanchez gives another reason. He conjectures that Matthew actually wrote as follows. Joram begat Akuza, and Akuza begat Joash, and Joash begat Amaziah, and Amaziah begat Uzziah, but that the copyists misled by the similarity between Ukaziah and Uzziah, as the names are written in Greek, by a slip of his eye passed over from Ahaziah to Uzziah, thus Gaspar. But this would be an enormous blunder, and though one copyist might fall into such an error, it was scarcely possible that all could. All extant manuscripts and versions are alike here, Greek, Syriac, Latin, Arabic, etc. Joram begat Uzziah, not Ahaziah. Besides, if these three generations were inserted, they would make seventeen generations, whereas St. Matthew says expressly there were fourteen generations. Josias begat Jeconias and his brethren. Josias begat four sons. The first was Johanan, the second Uiakim, who was also Eliakim, and third Jehonihaz, also called Shalom. The fourth, Zedekiah, who was also Matathiah. Jehoahaz, although the third son, succeeded his father Josiah immediately upon his death. But Pharaoh king of Egypt removed him and placed his brother Joachim upon the throne. After he had reigned eleven years, Nebuchadnezzar slew him and gave the crown to his son Jehoiachin. Him he shortly afterwards dethroned and made his uncle Zedekiah king. When Zedekiah rebelled, he took him captive and put out his eyes. And in him that branch of David's royal line came to an end. The carrying away to Babylon. Greek, Epitis Metikitisas Vavilonos, that is, about the time of the transmigration to Babylon, or Babylonish captivity, in which the Jews were carried away by Nebuchadnezzar to Babylon. The transmigration of the Jews to Babylon took place at three different times. The first was in the eleventh year of King Joachim, when Daniel and Ezekiel were carried away. The second was three months afterwards, when Mordecai, Esther's uncle, was carried away, together with Jehoiachin, the son of Jehoiakim, the third and most complete captivity, was eleven years afterwards, under King Zedekiah, when almost all the people who were left were taken away. End of Matthew 1, verses 1 through 11.